The word of God that is addressed to us is the word of God who is alive, is the word of God of truth. So the Lord always wants to make sure that we grow in our faith, that we grow in our understanding, and that we embrace this word, and that we are imbued with that word so that our lives are more and more adjusted, they are more and more uh, become a reflective of the true teaching so that not only do we hear the word, but actually we live that word. And here, what we have today, especially from St. Letter to the, St. Paul's letter to the Romans, he speaks of there's a necessity, an absolute necessity of faith. Necessity of faith. Faith is something that we respond to God, is a communication from God that we accept as true. That whatever God speaks to us, says to us, especially when it comes to scripture, that we'll be able to say not only yes to him, but that we will be able to say yes with our whole heart. Because as you know, it's not just the mind that understands things, but it's the heart that embraces it with love, embraces it with, with this type of zeal that is so necessary, because otherwise the word just can, comes to one ear and goes the other and has no effect on us. So God's word has to not only enter our ears, but it has to go deep into our heart. And that's when it becomes a reality. And that word of God is the word of the Holy Spirit, is the power of God that is able to transform and change. And this is what Saint, Saint Paul speaks when he says that we have to have the faith of Abraham, the faith of Abraham. What did Abraham do? He didn't earn the faith. He didn't do anything. As a matter of fact, you know, as you know, he was born in Ur or Basra today in Iraq, and he hears a voice. He hears a voice that whispers to his heart to go, to accept this presence, which ultimately we come to know as God. And he's, he, he is there, and he's faithful to those whispers, to those inspirations. He's faithful. And so he goes not only to Babylon and then, but also he hears again this voice that he should go to a, to a land that, he, that God promises him, and he goes and does. And so we, what we have here is someone who responds to a whisper, someone who inspire, responds to inspiration, and someone who is able to not only say yes, but also do. And so St. Paul wants to show, and he wants to tell us as Christians, that it's not because we have done something God rewards us, it's because he loves us and he gives us, and then he wants us to live it out. And that's the gift, not only of faith, but also the gift of our response to him. But we always have to say, help me to respond to you, because I may hear your voice, I may hear words, I may hear the inspirations of my heart, of my conscience. I may say, I shouldn't do this, whatever, but I need your help, because I'm not able to say yes. And so, again, what we see here is the example of Abraham and that faith that he had. It was a faith that even though it seems like God promised progeny as numerous as the sands of this shore and, and the stars of the sky, and what happens is that he has no children. Sarah and, uh, and him, they have no children. So whatever the promises God makes, it seems like, well, well, there were promises, but 
even though he listened and he, he wanted to say yes and he did, but then he ended up seemingly a loser because there's no children. God says there'll be your progeny will be as numerous as as the sands as the sands of the of the shore, and there's no one. So there's there's a little bit of distrust between him and uh, and Sarah, and so Sarah says, well, at least we have some progeny by a slave girl. So at least you have something. But but then he still he still did not lose the, completely the perspective. He was willing to say yes, even though they were not able to have natural children anymore, and yet Sarah conceives. Okay, great joy, which means again, faith in him and God somehow realizes and makes the promise come true. But then there's a next problem, a major problem. He hears that the Lord wants to have his son offered to God. Uh, this is the child of the promise. And yet, does he hear correctly? Is God the one who promised his son, does he want him to, to offer him as a sacrifice? To offer him as a sacrifice. But he still is responding to that something inside of him that he's willing to say yes to God even if he has to offer his son, sacrifice his son. And yet we know that, that he was willing to do that. And at the moment when he was about to sacrifice his son, God holds his hand and says, no, I do not wish you to do this. We know that God the Father offered his son and he did not stop. The allegory, the allegorical interpretation of Abraham and, and his son is the allegory of God the Father and his son. God the Father was willing to offer his son on our behalf, such great love that he had. So Abraham was willing to do so and was about to do it, and yet God held his hand, stayed his hand, that he did not ask him to do that. And so we have the progeny as numerous as the sands of the seashore and sea and, and, and as a shore and, and, and as numerous as the stars of the sky. And there is a promise is that you'll become the father of many nations. Not only those who are directly from him, whether whether the Palestinians, Arabs, Jewish people, those, but also the, the many, many people who are have inherited his attitude, his love for God, his faith in God, his faith, because it is that God who eventually revealed himself fully and completely you know, through Moses and through David and through prophets and, and then ultimately through his son. This is the God who has revealed himself to us. And so St. Paul says, he is the one. And we have to look at him as not we have done something, we have earned our salvation, but as God who freely gives it to us. He offers it to us even when we are dead to sin, even when we have no desire to honor him or to acknowledge him, God still gives us. But what he is asking us is to welcome it, to say yes to him. And once we say yes, the reality changes. The baptismal reality changes us from being creatures to being children of God, because that's what baptism does for us, because of faith. Why, why you know, parents go to the church and the priest asks them, what do you seek? when they bring their child to be baptized, why do you seek? What do you desire? 
faith, baptism. I desire that. I, fa I desire faith for my child. I desire that they will be given this gift. And so this is what most of us have inherited by being the gift, even if we had lost it for a while, even if we have not practiced, but we have, we have. And as we gather here for the Eucharist, all of us are believers because we have accepted on faith the great gift that God gives us. It's a freely given gift, not we have earned it because God loves us. But the problem with faith is this, when we accept it, we can't just have the word of God come into one ear. We acknowledge, yes, I hear you, Lord, but they do not listen. We do not listen. We have to let this word of God take root in us, transform us, just like the leaven of today, that the gospel speaks of the leaven. The leaven, it's a good leaven. It's a, it's a reality that comes and transforms us and makes flour into, ultimately into bread when it's baked. But there's also the other reality which Jesus speaks of today, is allowing other things coming into our heart and becoming leaven in our heart transforming us into somebody that we do not wish or that God does not wish us to be because we can become enemies of God. We can be enemies of each other. We can be poisoned by, as Jesus says today, by hypocrisy. You know, one of the key sins that Jesus was always addressing and that the only sin, the only sin that he always emphasizes hypocrisy but that means that we say yes, but don't we really live it out? We say yes, but we don't really carry it out or act, as a matter of fact, in a contrary way. And so this is what Jesus says to us. You can't do this. You cannot accept either half-heartedly or, or accept in such a way where, where uh, ultimately you allow this, this leaven to take place and then we, we destroy the relationship with God we don't, we really destroy relationship with each other and we are witnesses who are very poor to say the least or do not produce any effect. And then the Lord says more here, when, once you accept it, realize that everything about you, about us, everything about us, that it has to be authentic because no matter, you know, if we are secretly one way and externally another way, all those things come to, 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 to light. Everything will come to light. And so this is one of those things that, that people sometimes when they react and do things out of fear or worry, whatever it may be, or some other reasons, you know, envy, whatever it may be, that the Lord is warning us that these things will come to light. And you know, eventually, and they may embarrass us, they may create difficulties for us. But the fact is that the invitation is to listen and to live it out. There was a person yesterday who told me, says, she said, you know, I follow the example and the teaching that my father gave me. He says, when you're at work, always remember that you have to do things as though somebody's watching you. Always somebody watching you, even if no one's watching you, but always do the things, whether you're, you know, you know office, clothes, office, whatever, there's no cameras there, but just always do the things and say the things that you know will be 60 minutes proof, literally. At least it was before, you know, that somebody's always there. And so therefore the invitation is, what Jesus basically says, be authentic, be authentic, be true. And therefore you don't have to fear, you have to worry because, because then, then you, can, you can manifest your life in a clear-cut way. 
the Lord says even more here, be afraid not of losing your life, but be afraid of those who trap you and who drag you into sinful patterns, into paths of whatever it may be, inauthentic life, Phariseeism, whatever it is, be afraid of that. Because then what happens is that if we, if we are uh, trapped in that, then we allow that leaven to grow within us and may actually lead us out of the kingdom of God. And so this is what Jesus says. And then finally, what he says to us is that um, not only that he really cares for us, just like he cares for every bird. And he says, how many sparrows? I mean, when you think about it, you know, there's a lot of snow too, like Stockbridge area. We get several feet of snow. How do the birds survive when there's nothing? It's seeming like how, how those creatures survive. Yeah, there might be something on the trees, but it seems like the Lord provides for them. And the Lord says to us, I will take care of you, just like I take care of the birds. And you know, maybe in the tropical areas, they have plenty of food, but here in our Northern hemisphere, uh, how do they survive? How do even you know, crows survive in Alaska when you have 10, 10 months of nothing, but totally you know, uh, environment so, so difficult to, to survive, and yet they do, why? How do they do that? Somehow the Lord says, I will take care of you, and your life is worth more than those that I keep alive. Those words, your life is worth more. And we know that it's not just worth more in the sense of, of being preserved here on this earth, but worth because we have all eternity to look, look into, to look forward to. And God promises that he will take care of us that way. So therefore, this today's example of St. Paul, uh, Paul's letter, blessed are those who believe Blessed are those whose sins are not counted against them because they believe. Faith gives us this freedom. Blessed are those whose sins are not remembered by God, who are not remembered. They're not, uh, as, as the scripture says, they're not recorded or they're not, or they're not given any type of status because by faith, by love of God, by wishing to do everything that he desires for us, the greatest things he desires, then we obtain heaven. And here's the example today of St. Teresa of Avila, an incredible woman, an incredible woman. First of all, as a child, she wanted to offer her life uh, on behalf, uh, she wanted to be a martyr. She ran away from home in her little ch childish enthusiasm. But then in her life, she joins Carmelite community, she has vocation, but she sees that within a community herself, in a community that she's living, some are coming from poor families, some coming as well-to-do families, and some of those who are coming from well-to-do families, uh, they even have servants to help them out, you know? And she sees that the life of religious cannot be that way. It has to be total self-offering to God total self-offering. And it's not only self-offering because I accept everything that the Lord says, but I do penances on behalf of others, that I pray on behalf of others, that I just uh, eliminate all the detachments which otherwise hold me bound and I have to serve them. And she wanted to make sure that the, uh, 
that the, uh, uh, the, the sisters who were living in that Carmelite community would do so, which required uh, reform, a reform. And she was able to re initiate that reform with the help of St. John of the Cross. Uh, he was younger than, and she was, and yet the two of their hearts seemed to think in the same way. And so I remember two things as I was looking into religious community and subsequently um, somehow the Lord drew me here to the Marians. Uh, the, uh, I was looking at, at how to respond, how to respond, and I came across St. Teresa of Avila. And, and you know, and the way she spoke, is she, she said uh, about John of the Cross, he said, uh, he says, help me to renew my sisters, help me to renew, renew the life of my own community. And he said to her, the reform starts with prayer, not with discipline, not with uh, you know, making sure you enforce people to behave in such a way. St. John of the Cross said to her, it starts with prayer. If people begin to love to pray, then they will reform themselves because they wish to enter into that communion of love and you want to wish to, and you wish and desire to do everything for God. And so this is how St. John initiated reform. Although, as you know, he himself, when he began to initiate his own community, he ended up like for nine months in a sort of a very small, like a closet jail where he couldn't even sleep because it was not long enough because they wanted to say, okay, if you really want to do what you wish, this is what you're going to get. If you want to have ultimate penance, awful detachments and everything else, they, they say, okay, you, you live it out first. And of course, the Lord gave him the grace during that time, not only to come to know him more deeply, to realize who he is, realize his love. This is when all the, the beautiful poems that, that were immediately were, were, were drafted by him, especially the, the living flame of love, how God touches the heart, even amidst the smallest, the most uh, confined place. And yet it is this, this place where the Lord reveals himself and that love that he has. And so you see the, the uh, Saint Teresa knew and understood. That's why her writings, which she wrote, the way of perfection, how is the way of perfection? Or the, or the, the mansions of, the, of, of, of where God leads us, what we should avoid, the castle, the interior castle, whom we should not allow to get in there because it may destroy us. You know, sin, especially capital sin, you know, anything like that, the evil one which tempts us and allowing us to, to enter into that castle of the presence of God. The interior castle is, is that which the Lord gave us. And you know, and, and I think that if we were to you know, get, take a closer look at, at Teresa, especially her writings, you would come to know that she was extremely practical, a mystic, but walk on, on a solid ground a contemplative who understood the very nature of contemplative life, a capable reformer, because in her life, she not only reformed many, many convents that, that were part of a, the, 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 the Carmelite community, but also she initiated through St. John reform also of the men's communities as well. Uh, 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 you know, someone who was willing to, um, to, to speak the truth. And even she complained to God. There's a famous statement. I, we presume it's correct because, you know, it's written 
but uh, you know that one day as she was, and sometimes people quote this, make make a quote, that you know she was going by a horse-drawn carriage, and of course it was rainy, really muddy, and she gets off the carriage, she falls down, and she says, and she complained, and she's going to do the work of God, and and she's kind of complaining to God, God, why do you allow this, you know? It says, no wonder you have so, so few friends because if you allow me to, to do what I just did, you know, so, so it's like, but, but that honesty, that ultimate, you know, transparency before the Lord, she can, she can say this because she loves him. She loves Jesus. She loved the Lord so much that she wanted to do everything for him and she did, no matter how difficult it is. And even though knowing and, and realizing what, what, what takes place. And finally, there's a, there's a prayer that I memorized, uh, which goes back to St. Teresa. And it was a very simple prayer, you know, no matter what we go through. And she says in that prayer, let nothing disturb you. Nothing disturb you, no matter what the difficulties are. Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. All things are passing. God never changes. Patience or patient endurance attains all. I mean, in that simple several lines of phrases are nothing disturb you, nothing frighten you. All things are passing. God never changes. For those who rely on God, for those who rely on, on his, his love, uh, we are able to attain all through patience, through patient endurance. That's ultimately for God, lacks nothing, because whoever loves God lacks nothing. God alone suffices. For those who have, who love the Lord, all things, they possess all things. As we continue this sacred liturgy, where we are invited to deepen our faith, the faith of Abraham, which means listening to God and saying yes and walking the journey of faith, knowing that it's God who has loved us, who invites us to follow him. Jesus warns us that we cannot fall into, into patterns of life that will actually destroy us to follow or associate with people that actually can drag us into things that we do not wish. We have to ask the Lord for his help. Everything that we do will come to light because that's how, that's how it is, whether at this moment or sometime in the future or ultimately when we stay, stand before the Lord. You know, things will come, everything will come to light. And all the intentions and desires and wishes as well as evil inclinations, all these things will come to light. But we know that for those who love him, God is a merciful savior. He will remove all sin from us. He will not hold anything that will be able to drag us down. And in this way, we can live in peace. We can live with hope and, and, and that sense of, of uh, anticipation, with joyful anticipation of the coming of the Savior and our sharing of his glory. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. 
simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.